0: knowing what you believe and why you believe it lies at the very heart of Christian experience, worship, and everyday living.
1: The Bible's not about you. You're not David. Trouble in life is not Goliath. Jesus is gonna be David in this shadow. Goliath is gonna be sin and death. Who's that make you? Uh, and it Doesn't make you the Israelites in the corner going, he's gonna kill all of us. That's exactly who you are. What is your only
0: comfort in life and in death?
2: Hi and welcome to Theology Gals. This is a special episode. You probably hear some background noise and that is because I am with my co-host Ashley Glassick. I am in California and we are together. We're sitting outside in kind of a park and there's a waterfall behind us and some skateboarders. And So Ashley, how are you doing? So fun to be with you.
3: I am so excited. This is our first ever episode together. In the flesh, we right. usually record in separate states, so this is really cool. We've had a really fun weekend. Um, I got to show the uh Colleen and our friend Jean, who's here as well, got to show them kind of my, my hometown, which Colleen's from my ho- hometown, so she knows quite a bit of it already. Um, and then we all went to church together this morning, which is the best just being able to worship together. Um, so they got to come to my church, so it's been a pretty which good weekend. Was awesome. Yes, it was. It was awesome. It's a really good worship service this morning. So, yeah, doing well. Well,
2: I have to say the highlight really was meeting your dog okay, yes. and the official cat of the Theology Gals podcast. Yes.
3: And we'll post a picture because Jean got to meet. Some of you may know the Theology Gals podcast um, mascot is my cat, Minnie. She's made several appearances on the show. Um, she doesn't like when I record, and she's in the other room. So she likes to um, be in the room with me. And sometimes, at least on one occasion, has jumped up and meowed right into the microphone. So if you've been listening to us for any length of time, you've you've definitely heard Minnie. Um, so Colleen finally got to meet
1: Minnie.
2: Well, I wanted to mention. So I'm out here this week for, or this weekend, I guess. Well, I, I arrived Wednesday for a conference and it was it was a reformation conference for the celebration of reformation here we still stand and it was put on by lutherans but they had lutheran reformed even a baptist and it it was so good because everything was centered around the five solas really and what the reformation was all about especially faith alone and i'm especially excited because i talked to a few speakers and said hey come on my podcast and and they said yes so one of my favorites I was I think you were a little bit more familiar Ashley with Jared Wilson and I wasn't as familiar with him but he had such an amazing message and he has such an amazing testimony and everything that he shared you know he talked about how he for a long time had notebook of lists you know if I just do all this then I'm going to be a good Christian and content and and kind of talked about how he realized that wasn't what the Christian life was about. And so he agreed to come on the podcast. So I'm excited about that.
3: I also want to mention, it's to just, it it's, a, it's interesting, you know, this 500th year of the Reformation and um, Sola Fide has been like a really big conversation lately. Uh, and ironically, my pastor taught on Sola Fide this morning. And I just want to read it a verse that was just so encouraging um to me because i've just been thinking through you know really trying to understand these doctrines biblically um so if you if you've been thinking through this i really encourage you to read ephesians galatians um titus three there's there's a lot of great places for this but this in particular ephesians 2 8 uh for for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god not a result of works so that no one may boast um, that was, I don't know why I heard that this morning, and that was just food for my soul. I just really needed to be reminded that it is nothing I do, but only God through grace that um, I'm saved. So that was just, I don't know, that was just an encouragement to me I wanted to share.
2: Well, And I think it's actually a good reminder that we need to be reminded of that constantly, mm-hmm. constantly. And i know, I won't get into detail here, but we've actually gotten some messages and some of you may know i don't know how you could be on social media and not know there's been a bit of a controversy in the last few weeks over justification by faith alone and an article which came out we're not going to talk about it in in detail now but what i do want to encourage everyone is to go to go and look at the passages in scripture to talk about it and i think even going back to the reformers you this conference that I went to, they talked a lot about everything that Luther went through. And you know, the gospel is still at stake today. You know, it's we didn't we didn't have the reformation and now we don't have to fight for faith alone any longer. We have to still fight for faith alone, especially if you look at the state of you know, American evangelicalism or just Christianity worldwide. It's under attack in so many different ways. I, I got to share something funny from the conference. I thought this was great. They had this, this guy and his wife do this kind of drama presentation of Luther and of Martin and Katie Luther. And it was excellent. And I taped some of it to, if you're interested in seeing it, um, email us at theologygals at gmail.com and I'll send you a link. But in that, a friend of mine was introducing them. And he's a professor at Concordia. His name is Jeff Mallinson. And one thing he said before he introduced him, he said, you know, you can... He said, you will not find any Lutheran pastor with a picture of John Calvin in their study. (laughs) But you find lots of Calvinist and Reformed pastors with um, Luther on their study. You know, a picture of Luther on their study. And I thought, you know what, that's very true. (laughs) And I think... And not that they don't appreciate Calvin, they do. But I think we see Luther as... Luther really was instrumental in the beginning of the the reformation. I mean, that's what we're about to celebrate right now was was Luther. And even Calvin looked to Luther, even though they had disagreements. He still appreciated Luther on what he was fighting for in the gospel justification by faith alone. Uh,
3: okay, so a question for you. What what do you think was like the most encouraging thing to you that you heard at the conference that you hadn't maybe thought about before? Like someone said something in such a way where you're like, oh, wow, haven't thought about it that way before. You know, off the top of my head, well, two things.
2: Off the top of my head was Jared Wilson, actually, such an excellent message on, he actually, his message was actually about the proper place of the law, but he was talking about justification and you often hear justification is just as if I never sinned. And Michael Horton will say sometimes just as if I never sinned and as if I obeyed the law perfectly But he actually said it's not just as if I never sinned. He said it's just as if I've always obeyed mm-hmm. and just talking about the and um, the imputation of the act of obedience of Christ and I think something we don't talk about that a lot but that might even be something when we have Jared on that we could talk to him about because I think I think so often in Christianity, we talk about the death of Christ forgiving us for our sins, and we don't often put the imputed righteousness of Christ up on the same exact level, and it is. This is as important. Christ did not just die in the cross for our sins. He actually lived for our righteousness. He lived perfectly. And then the other thing was Matt Popovitz. I'd never heard him speak before, but... He was, he was talking about how we're sometimes we go around and say, Oh, I just need to have greater faith and, and this sort of thing. And he was talking about how our faith is something that God gives us. And he was talking about how he thought about this when he had his first child. He had this little baby and he lavished his love. Of course, this isn't perfect, but it's still a picture of our Heavenly Father. He lavished his love upon this child. And in a sense, this child had faith in his father because he had because his father had lavished his love upon him and and i I thought that was such an interesting picture especially you know as a mom how and he was talking about in a sense we give our children faith in us because we are faithful Mm -hmm. and so that was that was um there there was so much i want to go back and listen to to some of the messages so Mm -hmm. so i know today your sunday school i got to go to church with ashley unfortunately i got a headache and didn't I missed Sunday school, but I heard all about it. So today was faith alone, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's faith
3: alone. So I wanted to hear what is this series about you're doing in Sunday school? Yeah, so um, we just finished doing a series in Sunday school on Reformed worship. Um, I think I've talked about my church a little bit on here, but uh, some of you have probably heard me say I'm part of a church plant, or we call it we call them mission works um, in the Presbyterian world. Um, But we are almost a year old, so we literally opened our doors last Thanksgiving, and what we found is a lot of us in the church don't know anything about Presbyterianism, like almost none of us grew up Presbyterian. So a lot of our Sunday school has just been, what does it mean to be Presbyterian, and you know, Reformed worship and covenant theology and things like that. Anyway, so it only made sense this month and my pastor would do what are the five solas and the Reformation. So we did scripture alone. We did um, Christ alone. And I was sick last week and I think we did grace alone last week. But um, faith alone... Um, one thing I thought was interesting that my pastor said is he said, well, before we can even talk about this, what is faith? Like, what do the reformers say that faith is? What do our confessions say? What does the Bible say? And so he said that there's three things that faith is. It's knowledge, assent, and trust. Trust wasn't the word he used, but I honestly can't remember what word he used. And what he meant by that is we... When we have faith, we have general knowledge um, about God, and we understand who he is and the truths. Um, Assent means that we see that the things of God are true generally. And then trust was that I believe and have faith that these things are true for me. And so, like, you can't have just knowledge. Because we pe- we've met people like that who just have knowledge about God. You have to also believe that the things of God are true for all people. Like, the gospel is true. And it's true for you. Like, I have to personally believe that I'm a sinner and that I need Jesus. Um, I can't just believe that that's true for other people. I have to believe it's true for me um, to have true faith. Um, so I don't know. Have you ever have you heard that talked about before, Colleen? Like, what is faith? Like, I think that's a good starting point, right? Yeah, and you're
2: putting me on the spot, but <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I think actually this would be a great, great podcast topic to to talk about in the future because I think there there's so. I think this is something that we almost like your pastor said. We have to actually start with what what is faith. Yeah, and I think. And I think that also knowing that, that Christ is my only hope and knowing that he died for my sins specifically, believe, believing that, that he died for my sins specifically, that knowing that because, you know, by grace through faith, that, that my sins are forgiven and Christ's righteousness is imputed to me. And so, was there anything else, yeah. Ashley? Well,
3: one, one thing is, experientially, um, growing up, I, I never doubted that God was real, and I actually never doubted anything in Scripture, really, that was true. So, I had general knowledge of who God was, but I did not have the, you know, the specific to me knowledge. Like, I, you know, it wasn't until I was 20 that I really understood I'm a sinner. okay. I've heard Jesus dies on the cross for my sins, but I didn't really know what that meant. And one more thing I just wanted to add. I love that my pastor kind of clarified this. Um, He said, faith is different than faithfulness. So sometimes people say um, faith and faithfulness are the same. And when they do that, they're almost making faith a work. And so when you're justified by faith alone, that believing is, is a work if they call it faithfulness. So I thought that was a really good distinction. Like, faith is not faithfulness. Faith is not a work that we are saved by. And it's always good to remember for me, too, that I can't even have faith unless it's given to me um, through, you know, grace. I, I didn't come up with this faith, you know. I didn't, when I was 20, realize, like, oh, I need to generate some faith in me, you know, or something. Um, God had to do that work in me and grant me that faith to even begin with. So um, that's humbling, I think, to think about that as well. Yeah, and you actually, when you talk about the faithfulness
2: thing, within these debates on justification, that actually fits right into what one of the, the issues is. Because one of the people that was kind of in the beginning of this justification controversy, he was using the language of faithfulness. And what ends up happening, and even currently, where people say, well, well, we believe in justification by faith alone, but then they kind of tack something on at the end. You know, I just thought of something else Jared Wilson said, that he was he was talking about, I think somebody had asked him or something, you know, he got went to a gospel centered church or something like that he's like oh yeah we're gospel centered we share the gospel sometimes and stuff he was talking about churches where i think he said gospel caboose they tack it on to the end (laughs) you know almost and i and i've said before it's kind of like an afterthought instead of it being central to everything that we are our justification by grace alone through faith alone in christ alone and and one thing I was thinking of, Ashley, I actually, I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but I I got a couple of feedback or comments that we've gotten that I wanted to share because it was a reminder to me about why Ashley and I do this. So I wanted to read a couple. I'm not going to say who um, left them, but I think that it would be helpful. The first one says, thank you for episode 35. And that was our episode with John Fonville. She says one of the most helpful episodes yet really hit home for me for a few different reasons seems like it he touched on a lot of the problem i see around me and in the church lordship salvation no category to distinguish law and gospel confusing justification and sanctification proclaiming sola fide but requiring more for heaven this is where a lot of my unlearning and relearning has been plus it put a name and category Lordship salvation to something I've been struggling with understanding biblically, but haven't been able to really grasp. So blessed by this podcast and theology gals in general. Y'all are the best. Thank you. But I love I love what she says here. No category to distinguish law and gospel, confusing justification and sanctification, proclaiming sola fide, but requiring more for heaven. Hmm. And As I read that, I'm going to read one more. It was just a reminder to me that this is why we do this. To to remind you ladies of the gospel. To proclaim the gospel. To fight against attacks on our gospel too. And this one I was very encouraged by. Thank you so much for the message in this podcast. It was the same one because that was a recent one. You don't know how much I am rejoicing in the Lord right now. I have never heard the gospel like this. And I've been walking with the Lord for 25 years. I was struggling with a lot of what Pastor speaks of here, but no longer. I have tears of joys, right, joy right now because I know the Lord has answered me. Wrong theology is costly, but the Father says if we seek Him, if we seek for Him with all of our heart, we will find Him. The truth set us free. Thank you so much. And and here too, this one too, when she talks about wrong theology is costly, oh. and Ashley and I've often said that what we want. To, to encourage you ladies to is sound theology
3: and to be studying God's word. After that, that episode specifically that we're, we're talking about, actually had someone come not come to me, but um they had a concern about it. They they disagreed with it. And we had a, actually a good conversation kind of hashing things out, going back and forth. Um and so I mean we're we're just doing this and we we love to talk about theology, but we know sometimes maybe we might get something wrong um i i love hearing criticisms just as much as i love hearing you know those messages so if if you're listening and you're like i don't think that's right please like message us like we like seriously just love to talk about this stuff um we're not claiming to be you know to have mastered our theology uh we're just doing this because i think we've learned so much about theology over the years and um have been really blessed by, you know, unlearning some bad theology that we were taught, you know, in our upbringing, and kind of relearning just some rich reform theology. So that's really what we're about. So um, I don't ever want to be the kind of people that like if if someone thinks our episode was totally wrong, we just get very defensive. Colina and I have talked about that. We we want to talk to people if they they disagree with us, you know they or they don't understand or please like reach out. We love, we just love talking about theology and, and trying to understand it better.
2: Well, and I would say too, that I think challenging is good. I've had instances where someone says, where someone really challenges me and it, it causes me to examine the scriptures, examine what I believe. And it does one of two things. It, it either corrects me or it strengthens what I believe, what I believed already. And that's actually what we hope that we do here is is to encourage you ladies well i think we're going to go do a quick break and then we just have a few questions now that ashley is done with her masters and stuff we'll be having some guests on soon and probably a new series at some point but thought we'd have a fun episode and we have some questions and some of them are lighthearted, but this is the time to do them since we're actually together so we'll be right back
0: looking for that perfect track for your next evangelism outreach look no further At tractplanet.com, we have solid, biblical tracts that are a breeze to hand out. They are beautifully designed and are the highest quality tracts available. With over 80 different designs in stock and literally hundreds more available by custom order, we're sure to have just the right one for you. You can get any of our items printed with your church or ministry information or have us design a brand new tract just for you. We are committed to the solid, biblical message of law to the proud and grace to the humble. Each tract is firm on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the necessity of repentance and faith in salvation. Come check us out at tractplanet.com and make sure you use coupon code BTWN at checkout for 10% off your entire order. That's tractplanet.com. planet.com, coupon code BTWN.
2: So Ashley, I have just a few questions that have come in and some serious some not and so i thought i'd start with the serious some less serious and then and then maybe do a serious one so the first one how do you respect your husband when he's in unrepentant sin he seemed to be repentant previously but is now back to the same sinful behavior
3: okay so i'm a little bit on the spot did not read that before but um what immediately comes to mind is that um, I think, like like any other Christian, um, like you're married to your husband, but he's your brother in Christ. Still, you know, if if one of my if one of my um, friends was in sin, um, I wouldn't want them to just continue down a path that I could see they're going down. It would actually be unloving for me to not say anything. So I think the same is true with our husbands. Um, I do think there's a right way and a wrong way to do it, Um, um, (laughs) I know from experience. um, With friends and, you know, my husband, just there's a way to do it where you're nagging and it's not out of love, and then there's a way to do it in love. So um, one friend gave me really good advice just about confrontation in general. Um, She said if you're going to confront somebody about something, um, pray for it for a week, seven days straight. Pray every day about it and then do it because it really helps to get your heart in the right place and to ask the Lord, you know, to give you wisdom. And, um, God says, those who, ask, you know, ask and you shall receive. So, you know, ask for just kindness and gentleness. Um, because I think people can tell, your husband can tell when you're coming from a, selfish place and when you're coming from a place where you're like i really am saying this because um i care about you and i don't want you to be um in sin but i would definitely say don't not say anything don't you know let it go for a long time um and i think also you know could talk to your pastor's elders. That's always helpful too. That's, that's kind of our go-to answer for most questions. Talk to your pastor. Um, what do you think, Colleen? I agree 100% with what you said. And I would say
2: even with your husband, Matthew 18 still applies. Mm-hmm. And I think you brought up something good too. One thing that just even in my own life, sometimes I have to step back and say, am I, is my motivation to do this because I'm annoyed by their behavior or because I love them and am And sorrowful over their sin. And that now, just because I'm doing and my initial reason might be because I'm annoyed, what Ashley said about taking time to pray, um, that's probably not the time to do it, but taking time to pray, because it should be, should be out of obedience, because that's what scripture tells us to do, but it should also um be because we love them, because they're part of the body of Christ. And we follow Matthew 18. That actually means if the unrepentant sin continues, now it's time to bring someone else in. And I would say in this situation specifically, I, I would say your pastor or an elder from your church.
3: And what do you think, Ashley? We've been asked before too, women have said, I don't want to go to my pastor because that's kind of like disrespecting my husband or um, that's not, or it, or, or they feel maybe like it's it's gossip, but um, it's not. If you're following Matthew 18 that that's even for your husband, that's really what you need to do. if, if, if at first you confront them and there's no change, that is that is loving your husband because your pastor is the, their spiritual leader. like God has providentially placed them um, and, and if you guys are members of a church, Um, You've taken vows, you know, to, to respect, you know, the discipline and um, of the church. And so um, that's, that's why your pastors and, and your elders are, are there. That's like what their God-given role is. One of their roles is for discipline and things like that.
2: And I would even say at a woman say, but my husband doesn't want me to go to my pastor. Well, your obedience to God supersedes your husband. Your husband's desires at that point. And so you need to follow what God's word says. So, well, we're going to do some lighthearted questions that came in.
3: Ashley, do you have any siblings? I have two siblings. Uh, I have a half-brother. And he is 30. Come on, I know it. 35. Um, He lives in Houston, Texas, right where the the hurricane hit. Um, He is a vice president of an investment banking company, which is as fancy as it sounds. Um, very smart guy. He has an engineering degree. Um, I also have a little sister um, who's my best friend as well. Uh, she is 22 and is just about to graduate college. Um, super proud of her. But yeah, we're super close. So I just have one sister. That's it. One younger sister.
2: So I was the oldest and I had one younger sister. In fact, I was got to see her children this week because they live near where i'm at and so just just one sister Uh, this one is what is your favorite game so i'll answer first you know i had to think about this a little bit like game uh, does she mean board game what kind of game so i will say that my husband and i and my kids we play gin rummy a lot and i do enjoy gin rummy and then kind of a board game-ish game that it's it's not new it's been around for a while but we we still have fun with it and that's catchphrase so that's another one that I really like so what about you
3: Ashley okay so it kind of depends on what your definition of game is like you said I love rummy um I could play that's my favorite like camping game like I could play that like all night around a campfire um I also, well, and if we're talking about sports, I'm just going to throw this in there. Go Dodgers. I'm a big baseball fan, so um, go Dodgers. Um, if, you live, if you live in Texas and you're a Houstons fan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I just had to say that. Um, I also really like a board game called Lords of Waterdeep. Um, I don't know. If any of you like, like kind of those nerdy card games, you know what that is. And then there's another one called Dominion that I really like. It, they're just nerdy, nerdy games. My husband and I are total nerds. Um, you may have picked up that on that already from, from listening. So, yeah.
2: Okay, now the last fun one, and then we'll get to a serious one. And that is, do you hoard anything? And she says, makeup, clothes, shoes. I'll answer this first, yes, all of the above. <laughs> that's how it goes i mean i just have to say you know um when i was growing up my dad worked in the clothing industry and fashion and stuff and i was probably a little spoiled i will tell you i i do love buying clothes on ThreadUp up now if you don't know what that is it's secondhand clothes online you can get great brands and then they have different categories it's like new with tags like new or i don't know slightly used or something i always get like new with tags or like new and you can get really expensive brands for great prices and stuff and and makeup you know i'm the only female in my house so i have to do everything very girly and shoes i'll tell you just a quick story my husband got me a new shoe rack this is when my son i think he was about i don't know three and a half to four and a half somewhere in there and he got me a shoe rack you know behind the closet door and i think it i want to say it had 18 pairs of shoes that it would. Cold And so I put some of my shoes on there. Now, I did not put my sandals. I did not put my boots, but I put everything else on there. And there was room for two more pair. So my son, my little son goes and says, daddy, you need to buy mommy two more pair of shoes. which of course, he <laughs> thought was hilarious. So yes, I have a problem with hoarding those things.
3: <laughs> okay. So yeah, I think I honestly think, and this is actually a question I'm going to ask you. Um, what is your Myers-Briggs personality type but I think because I'm an INFJ sorry I really like those personality type things and I think it even says in my personality description that we like to have collections and I am totally this person when I was a little kid I had a bouncy ball collection I had all sorts of collections you know just collect things um, don't take this in a weird way but I have a shot glass collection I don't use them <laughs> but I have over 60 shot glasses from all over the world and um, So, yeah, I like to collect things. Um, I used to be kind of a hoarder with clothes and things because I would shop at, like, Goodwill and get, like, really cheap clothes. But I'm trying to pare down quite a bit um, and do the whole capsule wardrobe thing. And I'm trying to – I'm a pack rat, and I'm trying to not be. um, It's very sanctifying. So (laughs) Not, not too much clothes and shoes, although my husband would disagree with that statement.
2: Well, that is my mom right there, and I believe you have the same personality type. as my mom, and she has collections of everything. I do hoard some things, though, so I think we're the same on that. I am an INFP.
3: Oh, we're so close. Yeah.
2: So um, that is, in, in case you don't know what that is, and go look it up on, what is it, like 16personalities.com yeah. or something. It's fun. If you don't, don't know what we're talking about, I will link it in the episode yeah. notes. Yeah, every, every once in a while, go and retake it to see if it still says the same thing. It's always the same. So this one, I kind of would like to answer first and then because I've thought a lot about it. And and then I'll, I'll let Ashley. And we got some questions about what we thought about the hashtag MeToo. Now, for those who are not familiar, it's been kind of all over social media. Uh, there was a big news story, Hollywood news story, about someone in Hollywood that um, has been accused of sexual assault and and various things on women. And so a hashtag was started me too. So women who have dealt with you know any sort of sexual assault or that sort of thing were saying me too, and then sometimes telling their story or just saying very little. And this came up a couple times in our group. And I would, you know, I, there's one side that says we need to support these women. They should be out there telling their stories. You know, that sort of thing. Another side is we shouldn't, you know, be doing stuff with these sorts of hashtags because they're the world and this sort of thing. And I think Summer from Sheologians wrote a good I think it was like Me Too, but God, you know, turning we need we need to turn and, and look to God that He can heal us. And and so, yes, that is absolutely true. But but I did wanna say I kind of had concerns with both sides of it, with both extremes. The one side that says, oh, we shouldn't be participating in that. And the other side that, you know, thinks every woman should be out there telling their story. And I've talked, I'm not one of these women. So I, I, let me just say that. But I actually had some friends, good Christian friends, who for the first time because of that actually confessed. I mean, one of my friends specifically. I was raped 10 years ago and really hadn't talked about it except like with her husband and her parents and so i think i don't really have any specific thoughts but only to say that my hope is that it will maybe it will be fruitful in that it will start a discussion and how we can encourage those who've been through something like that and point them to christ who is the only one that can heal them? That that's what I have to say about. It.
3: I think I think since I'm not one of those women either, I I don't wanna I don't wanna have a strong opinion really either way. Um, but yeah, I feel I, I guess my heart hurts, you know, when I see these stories and people were posting things and I'm like, I had no idea. People who I've known for a very long time, and I was like, I had no idea. Um, I think in one sense it's helpful to just realize it's out there and it happens more often than we realize. And some people were even posting things like this happen in the church and we just need to be aware of it. Um, um, and that is just, that breaks my heart. Um, so I guess I guess, I just want to say my heart hurts just for the stories I saw. Um, just it really, just the the things some women have been through, it it's just really, really sad. So, um, I guess I don't have a strong opinion on the, on the hashtag. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I try not to have opinions on everything because it's exhausting.
2: You know what? I I want to just echo what what Ashley said too. I was the same way, realizing this about some of my friends and stuff. But I think instead instead of taking a lot of time. To say, I agree with it, I don't agree with it. If you have a friend that is dealing with this right now and you realize her heart is hurting, use this time to encourage her and point her to Christ. And you if she needs more help that she's not getting to encourage her to go to her pastor. And, you know, I was talking to somebody. We don't we don't weep with each other like we ought to. We don't confess our sins to one another like we ought. And and I think I think sometimes our how we're to act with one another in the body of Christ is lacking, and so I mean, weeping with your friend who's hurting is is a good place to start.
3: Um, I just wanted to share just a story about friendship. I don't think I've shared this. Maybe I have, though. Sorry if I'm repeating a story you guys have heard before. But I was at a women's retreat in April. And one of the things the retreat speaker said is we need to pray with each other more. Um, and she said, how often have you, like your friend is telling you something, and they're very worried or concerned or upset. How often do you stop and just say, let's pray together right now? Um, and it was so funny because, um, so she she uh, said that, you know, in her talks. And that day we went on this hike. And I was talking to a good friend of mine and I was telling her, I'm really upset about this situation in my life right now. And she said, let's stop and pray together right now. And we did in the middle of the woods <laughs> on our hike where it was just her and I, um, the group had kind of gotten ahead of us. So we just sat by the stream and she prayed for me and then I prayed and it just, I'm like, why don't we do this? Like, why don't Sisters in Christ do this more? So I really recommend that too, like, just stop and pray. Pray for them. Pray for their heart and, um, you know, try to understand their pain and uh, just just a suggestion. I think that's great. I think that's actually
2: a great way to end just our very brief question and answer. So um, Ashley and I are going to go to a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to do, yeah, about that.
0: This podcast is a member of the Bible-thumping wingnut network. All right, welcome everybody to another podcast episode with Semper Reformanda Radio. Hi,
2: welcome to Theology Gals. Welcome
0: everyone to the Logical Belief Ministries
1: podcast. Well, welcome to School of Biblical Hermeneutics. Welcome everybody to Grappling with Theology. What is going on, guys? Shine his lights coming at you. Well, welcome to Slick Answers. Good
0: evening and welcome to Conversations
2: from the Port.
0: And welcome to Living in the Vine. This is the Council of Google.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bible Thumping Wingnut Podcast. The Bible Thumping Wingnut Network. 12 podcasts, one network. Check them out at BibleThumpingWingnut.com.
0: All
2: right, so before we go in this special episode of Theology Gals, um, I'm going to hand it over to Ashley for our yeah about that series. I mean, our segment. That's what our I'm segment.
3: About. I'm actually kind of borrowing this from Mortification of Spence, so if you listen to them, I apologize. This is the second time you're going to hear this. They did a whole episode on it. Um, But recently people have been posting that they're taking a break from church or they're taking a sabbatical uh, from church because, um, on the one hand, it's sad because they've been hurt by their church, um, hurt by leaders in their church. Um, But other people just have very different reasons why they're doing this. Um, one, you know, popular writer even said her church takes one Sunday off a week from, or a week, uh, a month from having a worship service. And they go serve the community uh, rather than have a worship service. Um, so if you listen to Mortification of Spend, you know who I'm talking about. Um, because she said that that's really what the church is about, um, is serving their community. And so what do you think about that, Colleen? taking a sabbatical from church what do you think so
2: you're actually taking a sabbatical from the corporate worship of God and let me say you know if you want to serve your community that is really great you have six days a week to do that but we have one day that is set apart for the worship of God and so no we do not take a sabbatical from church and we, we, don't, we don't decide to take a Sunday off to go and do something else because we think it's a great idea. This is about the worship of God who tells us that he is to be worshipped, who tells us how he is to be worshipped. And so, yeah, that's some, yeah, about that.
3: I think if you're one of those people that has been hurt by your church, because I've met people like that that have just been very hurt by leadership for things, I think it's not a bad idea to seek out a healthy church um, I don't think saying I've been so hurt by church so I'm going to take a six-month break from it is a good idea at all because you're denying you and your family the means of grace um, It's a wh- that's just a really bad idea so if you're in a really unhealthy church and we know they exist uh, I really recommend that you prayerfully consider finding a healthy church so that you're not tempted to not go on sundays because the means of grace are so important to the the christian life
2: amen well ashley i'm so glad that you and i got to tape our very first episode while we're actually sitting next to each other and our friend Jean took a couple pictures so hopefully we'll if they come out okay we'll post them on um social media somewhere and um and well, I was going to say, oh, and I do come out here periodically because Ash lives right near
3: some of my family. This is so fun because if you guys listened to like our first episode, you'd know how Colleen and I found each other on Facebook where she commented on something I posted, I think, in the Reform Pub and she was like, are you from Corona? <laughs> Corona, California? That's my hometown. So it's kind of fun that we're sitting in our hometown uh, recording this. Just, I don't know, kind of cool.
2: Yeah, it is, and I I recognized Ashley's last name because my best friend from Corona and my mom had this friend with the same last name, and so I had clicked on her profile, and she was friends with my best friend. That just made no sense, so then I asked her, and sure enough, um, my best friend and my mom know some of her husband's family, so it's it's kind of neat how the Lord
3: brought us all together. Yeah, Br-
2: brought us together.
3: Yeah, and then when we started talking more, I was like, I just became a Presbyterian, and I'm really confused by this, this, and this, and then we're like, oh my gosh, we used to go to the same church, we used to go, we went to the same high school, we, we know, so it was just kind of bizarre how we knew all these different people, but we lived in Corona at different times, so we never actually crossed paths, so.
2: Yeah, because if you don't know, I think I'm 17 years older than Ashley. So I was, like, graduating high school, and she was in diapers. So, Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. I do want you to know that we have a lot of great guests coming up. Um, I told you one of them. I'm not going to tell you more, but we have some good guests coming up. I'm super excited about that. So definitely check back, and we will see you next week.
1: But really, I realize there are so many of our Calvinist friends here today. Thank you for being here. You guys like Luther too. That's my favorite thing. We don't have any pictures of Calvin on Lutheran pastor's walls. I've just not seen it. You might see a picture of the Reformers and will leave Calvin in, but you find people, as much as you can sometimes be a little grumpy too, you will put a Martin Luther picture in your office and we thank you for that and thank all of you for the privilege of coming here today to share the good news of what happened 500 years ago. Uh, For in that time, when I nailed the 95 Theses to the door of the church in Wittenberg, even that didn't cause Germans to stop eating and drinking. So I really don't expect you to stop just to listen. It wasn't until it was translated into your language, and then you could read that all this money that you were throwing into those boxes were simply helping to build a building in Rome. That's what really got you angry. And then you stopped eating and drinking and even stopped giving. And as a consequence, when the cash flow dried up to Italy, that's when the Pope cashed in on me. And I became a target of all the hostility that he could muster in order to try to correct me from what he perceived as the error of my ways. And during those years, following the nailing of the 95 Theses, I was constantly besieged with people, trying to persuade me that I was wrong and needed to correct the opinions which God had so effectively laid on my heart. For I was learning that what the church had failed to discern is that God comes to us not through the ministrations of a body of people called a church, but through the means of grace for which the word of God is that only power which has been given to all of us. And it was for this reason, I wanted the Bible to speak like a German so that people could hear that word in their own language. And then through the means of preaching, Christ comes to us and we hear what Christ has done for us and we experience the grace of God. And then by the power of the Holy Spirit, faith alone becomes real to us and the rest of our lives are lived to the glory of God alone. These five souls are the foundation of the Reformation.